0: This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com thecitadelcafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is The Citadel Cafe, episode number 432 for Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. My name is Joel Duggan and The Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week is Brockett Vola, the cat volver on all the social media that matters. Welcome back, my friend.
1: Welcome to 2022. It's almost the end of February too, by the way.
0: I feel like your MO for starting the show is like... like just the most subdued (laughs) sort of like it's because i because it's really interesting because as a podcaster and as a co-host i find you have some of the higher energy of the people that i talk to
1: oh absolutely i I, that's why it was funny that you called me out of being subdued i lure all your poor listeners in with the sense of like oh he's gonna be a very chill american And then by the end, they're like, oh, no, he's terrible. He lives in Texas now. (laughs) He lives in Texas
0: now. It's It's worse. worse. (laughs) It's worse. How is Texas, by the way? It's all
1: right. We literally had. So my second daughter's birthday, first birthday was last week.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I missed that. Happy birthday.
1: No, no, you're good. Uh, But what's ironic is so she's a February birthday when she was born in Chicago. It snowed that day, obviously, as it would. We're here uh the weekend before her birthday so the last weekend of of January 70s gorgeous perfect day outside like a great fall day perfect you know sunny a little bit of oh, wind whatever throughout then like 2 days later we had snow on the ground in texas not a lot but like at least like an inch enough that the girls could go out and experience snow in texas 2 days later snow all gone and yesterday we were at 70 so it's crazy Um, you know, as my wife and I would say, having lived in Chicago for, you know, a decade plus, you know, it was nice to have the snow for a day and then it just goes away. Like, it's really cute that way. Like, yes, it created a lot of like slushiness and stuff, but we didn't have to shovel and, you know, it's gone. The girls got fun and then it's, it's done. And now we're, we're kind of waffling in the, the fifties, sixties right now. But yeah, it's quite different. I would say weather. That's the other thing is your listeners are like, oh, he comes in so hard, subdued, talks about weather. I'm so lulled. I'm about to fall asleep. And then he starts <laughs> screaming madly about some kind of ironic character arc thing later in the episode. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been it's been nice. Having a single family home during right. these times oh, uh man. is very nice. Having this amount of space is is nice.
0: I remember I think it was a social media post. I don't know whether it was you or your wife that posted it, but it was like like something along the lines of like first Christmas in the new home, or like yeah. I have a lawn now <laughs> that I can put Christmas decorations up. I just, I remember thinking like, that's a fun moment of like the first time you're like, I've never had to worry about how to decorate my house for Christmas before, <laughs> you know, Right. like the outside of it, you know, cause you're in a, in a community where you've got that. So, um, and it looks like a cute place, man. I, I think I've seen a, a couple of shots uh, on. Oh, online. It's fun. Yeah, no. And congrats. Like that's a, that's a great, that's a great step. And I, I agree because as someone that lives in an apartment building, uh during the pandemic uh i mean on one hand working from home and and the things that are afforded me in my career has been great i was just speaking with someone about this last night like uh, th- i i don't want to belittle the experience of anybody that has had a very hard time with the pandemic that maybe has lost a job or had to switch jobs uh, or has to deal with like homeschooling kids and stuff like that like i am by myself uh i work for myself i set my own hours and i've been doing this long before the pandemic so ultimately my work ended up increasing over the course of the last two years um but it has also meant like increased time alone which has been easier to co- easy to come by because like again i don't outside of like neighbors in the building i don't really have to deal with anybody and it's not like neighbors in the community like it's not that kind of building for me so like i just i walk i say hi to people but like i walk past as i get my mail and i'm either you know if I'm going out for groceries I'm just gone you know like it just it's I'm out and I'm back you know like I remember three weeks ago two weeks ago I had borrowed my father's car to run some errands I needed to go all over the map and between picking up the car and dropping off the car uh, I think it was about like after I did that I remembered like dropping off the car to dad on a Friday and the following moment that I left the apartment was like 10 or 12 days later. Like it was like, it was into the uh, following week. Like I went for groceries on Tuesday, a week later. I was just like, <laughs> I was, I was unlocking the front door going like, I don't think I've left the, bil-. like, I'm sure I took out the trash or something nominal, but like, I hadn't actually left the building. Cause I had like outdoor clothes on. Like if I take out the trash, I'm in like, you know, flip flops and sweats, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, even in wintertime. Cause I'm Canadian. Uh, but but like to to go to the grocery store like i'm like you know i'm dressed up with like hoodie and toque and and mitts and whatever and i was just like i don't remember the last time i left the like left the building and i did the math in my head's like wow that's that's a little bananas you know <laughs> now i've been talking to people i've been talking to people like you or lou or you know whoever uh, on on podcasts but i i like i hadn't gone out it was weird to realize that i mean it's it's the it's winter you know like there's um talk about weather uh, we had a 10-degree a day on Saturday last. That's 50 for you Americans. Uh, 24 hours later, it was minus 10. So that's like 10 degrees for you Americans, and there was 8 centimeters of snow on the ground. So it oh, dropped my. like yeah. 20 yeah. to 25 degrees in the space of 24 hours. My head still hurts <laughs> from <laughs> yeah. from the temperature shift. Um, But, uh, I mean, I don't mind a nice mild winter day sometimes late march will get nice spring sunshine where you can feel the sun warming up a little bit but it's scary when it happens in february like february when i was in university 20 years ago was nothing but snow and cold. Like there was no respite from it whatsoever. And now we're getting these like roller coaster tides of like, oh, it's actually going to melt and rain today. And then it's going to go back to snow. But like normally this time of year, like minus 20 for a week straight. Right. Yeah. And it's just not it's not there anymore. And uh, it doesn't. It it doesn't. I'm not one of those people going like, oh, what a beautiful day. I'm thinking like, man, this is scary. (laughs) Like, I don't. I don't feel comfortable. You know, with it. Um, all that is to say, I've been spending a lot of time inside, and I'm I'm curious about uh, this for you. Uh, I don't know whether this is an issue because you've got young kids that keep you very busy, but a bit of a first world problem. I have just been feeling like I have too many games or shows or options to choose from when it comes to media consumption. And I've just, I've been stuck with this indecision of like looking at Netflix for 30 minutes, even scrolling through YouTube, which is usually bite-sized content for a long time before even selecting what to watch. A lot of times I just look at a thumbnail and go like, that looks annoying. That looks dumb. I'm not going to watch that. And I never actually pulled the trigger and press play on anything. Have you been experiencing this like throughout the winter, throughout like the the pandemic after the move?
1: Yeah. I mean, pull back the current pre-show. I mean, I haven't finished Arcane. I've been working through that. Uh, last time we talked, I was starting Superhero Girls, uh, which is a cute show. And I kind of watch that here and there, but that's more of like, it's light enough that I can watch it and then just go to sleep. Like I've been bouncing around between shows. <laughs> That's the other thing. Your listeners are like, "Oh God, here it comes." Uh, finish your drink. I revisited Borderlands two. Uh, <laughs> um, Borderlands guys back. Oh God. Um, so two, yeah, not I, three, huh? Well, because it's on my Switch. So the oh, Switch oh, oh. is basically my my like my dream console because I can pause the whole thing. I don't even have to hit the pause button. Like literally in the middle of any game, I could just put it in sleep mode, pick it right back up wherever I'm at. Oh, cool. Which has just been phenomenally more important uh, with my lifestyle. Um, and it's a game that I played before, so I didn't have to focus too much on it. And like you said, there was a bunch of games I was kind of like, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then like, while I keep not making a decision, I just play this one instead. And that's been the case for like two weeks. So, yeah, I agree. Like, I keep going, you know, we have access to HBO Max, Netflix, Disney Plus, through our cell phone provider to give us Hulu. And I think oh, and we have Prime Video. So between those five services, it's like, okay, you know. Oh, and then our my father in law gave us Paramount Plus. Although I don't really watch anything on that. But um uh but anyway, like between all the services, every once in a while I have this moment where I'm like, I should just like write down the shows I wanted to watch so I can consult that rather than jump around. Cause like you say, you spend All the time you wanted to relax, almost anxiously trying to find the thing to watch or do to relax that you just, I don't know. It just is this weird conflict inside. So I have that quite a bit as well.
0: So for me, I think part of it with the video games is I've started a lot of stuff. And in a way it's good because it's things like, uh, I mentioned Death's Door on last week's podcast. That's not something I would have purchased on my own. But the right. fact that it's part of xbox game pass i'm already paying for the game pass i can try it and the nice thing about it is like if you don't like it who cares you just uninstall it uh, and a lot of times these indie games are so small like you don't even bother to uninstall it right away like i'll leave it on the xbox for a month and see if i come back to it um for a couple weeks there when when i first got my my fingers into forza horizon 5 that's all i wanted to do like i wasn't watching right anything to the point where I was concerned about talking about shows on this podcast because it's like, (laughs) I haven't watched anything. Like every time I sat down after dinner would be just like to play Forza Horizon five. And, uh, but then like now it's been two, three weeks, I haven't touched it once. Uh, and, and most of the time, like I'll sit there and I'll want to play a video game, but I'm just like, I just can't figure out what I want to play. And there's been stuff that I've started that are story based that are engaging, like the Avengers game, like, uh, uh, Battlefront two was cool. Uh, I'm, I'm started and got into Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but like, I just end up falling off of them because for whatever reason, they're not, I don't know whether they're not living up to my expectations or if I just get distracted by something else. Right. Um, yeah. And the only thing that has the pressure, the only thing I feel guilty about not playing is Assassin's Creed because I purchased that. That's not part of Game Pass. I, I mean, I didn't pay very much for it. I got it on Black Friday, but I, I got it. Right, f- yeah. yeah, I got the physical disc. And so um, I will eventually return to that because I do I do enjoy like a lot of times I want like a chill experience. So like I'm not going to sit down and play Halo Infinite because I find that that's like really like kind of on the edge of your seat. You have to be engaged in aiming and all that kind of stuff where Um, A lot of times if I want a chill experience, the game that I play is Minecraft, but I play enough of that on weekends on my streams prepping for the Spawn Chunks podcast that in a way, having the Spawn Chunks podcast is great for my Minecraft pay because I I will always play Minecraft at least once a week, right? Mm -hmm. Even if I decided to stream a couple different games on the weekend for something fun or different, I would still have to at least log one stream day. In minecraft because i need to have something to talk about and stay kind of like what i feel is like in tune with the game week to week and so i'm wondering with like some of the video games and some of the the shows even though i do have this show this is kind of like a catch-all for whatever we've been enjoying i don't have like a focused show that's only crime dramas or that's only um i mean we focus on sci-fi and fantasy just because that's what we're into but like I don't have one show like my, um, the spawn chunks is about one video game. That's it. We, we, we touch on news for uh, like Minecraft dungeons, but we really only talk about Minecraft. And, um, for this show, like I, there's no, I don't have a podcast that is just about one particular show for a while. This was about game of Thrones, but game of Thrones was such a short season. It only dominated. Yeah. You know, it's like six or eight weeks, you know, on, or maybe 10, I guess on the show. And that was it. And the rest of the time we were kind of to our own devices. So, I I don't have something pushing me to, to continue on with stuff. And to the point where I've even thought about starting a podcast about like, you know, books or something that would force me to like consume a specific type of media regularly, rather than just sitting there with everything at my fingertips and like waiting to pull the trigger. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, but then
1: you don't want it to feel like homework. That's the other thing. No, it's true too. We've talked about this, this topic's come up in general ways before too is like sometimes when when you start a game or you start a TV series and then you look at it and you're like, like, I don't know if you, you and I have talked about this enough. You've had that moment where you start it and then you, you make the mistake of looking at how many episodes there are. And if in your brain you see you're on episode two and there's six more and you're like, wow, that's a lot. You already have defeated the interest you have in that show because at, at no point when we were growing up, if you said that you were watching lost and that there was only going to be four more episodes or something, would you have been like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can hold on that much. Like Mm -hmm. you just would have just watched it. You just would have gone with whatever the story was like. Now we have such resources. And so it's an abundance of stuff. And maybe it's the binge binge culture that sort of has been, of course, blown up by, by, Netflix, even though you when you bought physical games, you know, it was always like you could you could binge and beat the whole thing. But I felt like I used to kind of revisit a video game. And then also, yeah, like you said, maybe had like a graphic novel I would touch on or a TV show I'd be watching, like change it, change the pace, like trying to have like a something to read, something to watch, something to play, like always have those levels. Now it's like binge one of those areas or start a binge, lose interest, shiny new object, bounce around. And then you have all this like homework in your head of like, oh, I got to get back to that show. And you're like, but why? But why? I mean, if you like we last time I was on this show, we talked about Cowboy Bebop and yes, it got canceled. So that kind of helped Mm -hmm. the live action one got canceled. But I have not come back to it since because in my head I was like, I liked it enough. I liked it, but not enough. And now I'm like literally seeing a bunch of stuff I want to see. And, you know, my wife and I finally finished Boba Fett and it was like that was a show I actively wanted to watch. So why would I put myself in a position to make myself feel guilty or forced to watch something just because I started it? Like we've watched two seasons of Lost in Space, have not watched the third yet, probably will at some point. Maybe. I don't know. Like we like those two seasons a lot, but there is other things going on. That can start to take priority so some of it is like yeah maybe you are dedicated maybe you're you're pretty good about like i have a friend who's basically like they wrote a list of the games and they're like after i beat this game i'm gonna do this one unless i'm not feeling it then i'll go one more down the list but i'll kind of stick to that and it's like i can't do that like i would look at that list and be like oh really i gotta play that game next screw you list like and i love lists so i you know that (laughs) like if i'm saying that to the list man like you know like it's some serious like binge culture anxiety going on so yeah definitely first word problems to have this amount of content that we really have our fingers on which is great but at the same time it's like oh my gosh like you have to curate your own pop culture now whereas before it was like there was only one Like there was only one big, huge pop culture show. It was Lost or it was Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And now there's a million. (laughs) Not like a million, but there's- Yeah, yeah.
0: more than one. Yeah. And I I feel too, like right now, I just feel like I don't have access to the big things that I wanted to watch. Like haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Agreed. Haven't seen Dune. Uh, I will see Dune. I'm curious to how my consumption is going to change next month because I'm going to be resubscribing to Crave in Canada, which is how I'm going to have access to- uh Picard HBO. and the Star Trek and the HBO stuff. And okay, I yeah. think Dune it's like mid March or something it becomes available on like regular HBO cuz I mm-hmm. did get HBO in not yeah, HBO in November along with Crave because I wanted to catch up on Discovery uh, uh Star Trek Discovery and I wanted to uh, also check out the stuff on HBO that I haven't missed. And I thought that I was going to be able to get access to Dune, not in Canada. So, cause HBO on Crave is not HBO max. There's, it's a different thing. Ah, Okay. So, okay. um, so that was frustrating. I mean, I still had plenty to watch. It's fine. Um, but I, I, I'm just waiting to see like how that might change. Cause right now I'm just, I'm going through Netflix and like, you're lucky if you can find something on Netflix that's been released in the last two years, you know, like it's, yeah. it's there's some good movies, but they one, I've seen them or two yeah. it's just like those are recent releases but they're of no interest to me because they're horror films or Agreed. you know they're um they're maybe just a little bit too intense or wh- whatever it happens to be like for example i tried to get into terminator dark fate i mean it was fine i didn't i think i maybe got through the first act maybe first half of the movie um and it i mean like it's action packed like it feels like a terminator movie but like it like didn't really get its claws into me to help me keep going um, yeah. and so, you know, I'm not feeling like there's a lot that's, that's grabbing me. And a lot of the things that I've seen, um, that have been of interest over the last few years have been series. So it's not been films that I've necessarily missed in theaters so much as it's been right. like, it's been things like the Mandalorian season one book of Boba Fett, and those are all accessible and I've watched them. So like, it's not like I'm yeah. waiting for films to come out, uh, on, on these platforms. Um, however, one thing I have been, uh, I'll say listening to because i sort of half watch it uh it is a podcast um and i found when i get when i f- have the indecision about what media to watch i find interviews are kind of like a good go-to um i'll often kind of like look up um recordings of like the graham norton show uh just like casual conversations with like <laughs> actors and creators and stuff like that it's also yeah. a funny it's also a funny show less yeah. less scripted and less um What's sort of looking at? like less dance monkey dance than like the tonight show or conan like i don't yeah i, don't, any other, I, yeah, I agree i i find that graham norton's conversations are a lot better especially because sometimes the guests will turn to one another and ask a question which i think is really cool oh um,
1: yeah no that's really good i i see thousands of those clips because i probably watch two on facebook and now yeah. facebook algorithms them to me but they are engaging you know yeah. i watched one of harrison ford telling benedict cumberbatch he really enjoyed his work Yes. I Cumberbatch, like being like, oh, my God, I can die now. Like yeah. just those brief clips of, of worlds colliding. And you're like, oh, yeah. And it's always on Graham Norton. I have been like, I should just actually just watch more of his show because I love so many of those clips. They're so yeah. cool.
0: No, the, and, it, it, and it's really worth it when you get into like a full episode because then you can get the chemistry yeah. and the in jokes. And uh, if you want a yeah. really fun one, look for any of the 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 Graham Norton shows where he's got the cast of the current Star Wars trilogy on um okay. because Daisy Ridley is delightful um and and Mark Hamill when he's on he just is and just you know bringing all the stories about like you know Carrie Fisher or Harrison Ford or like he just he brings all these really fun moments from the entire saga right yeah uh, and so that's always cool and they're usually because the, the movies came out at Christmas time they're usually like around a Christmas special which is even more fun on the Graham Norton show but um, that's a bit of a sidebar also a good recommendation The other thing that I've been I've been watching is um, inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, he played Lex Luthor on Smallville for people that are not, are struggling to yeah, place the name. Wow. Um, I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, I did start listening when he first brought it out and I, the, the little asterisk that I put with that review was like, he's a bit hard to take. Sometimes he's a little bit overbearing. He kind of talks over his guests sometimes that I feel he's gotten a lot better with. And I, don't know whether it's just experience whether it's feedback on the show uh there's a lot of ads in the show now it's he's done very well with it and i don't know whether because of the ads he's also dialing back some of the more provocative for the sake of it stuff that he asks his guests he tends yeah. to he tends to lead the guests to water and and let them kind of speak which is i think a better interview um technique um yeah but over the course of twenty twenty one, he interviewed a lot of people that he was on Smallville with because Smallville had their twentieth anniversary in twenty twenty one. So if you didn't feel old before
1: oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh you do now. <laughs> uh and um and it was really cool. I'll, I'll have links to, um, the website and the YouTube channel. Um, oh, I got to listen to those. Yeah, there, there, you can listen as a podcast. I enjoy, because I enjoyed watching Smallville, I did enjoy watching like the Tom Welling interview. I mean, I had yeah, it on actually. in the background while I was doing dishes, but it's kind of cool to turn around and like when he says something or they're laughing or whatever to see someone's smiling face or the the, yeah. the stuff that's happening. Um, And that was really cool because like Tom Welling's a dad now, he's got two young boys and like hearing his perspective shift and and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was cool to, 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 to see that. And, um, also Kristen Crook, who's delightful and, um, and obviously they've all stayed friends, you know, for the most part, I, I think they, they keep in touch on a, because they're doing a lot of like press for the 20th you know anniversary and right. they've done and they conventions they do cons, they lot, do cons think, and stuff like that i yeah. mean pre-pandemic they did more cons i think i think more they're cons, slowly yeah. getting back into it it depends on what country the con is in right now but um but yeah it was it's it's worth checking out again if you've fallen off like i have uh and the cool thing about it on on youtube or really any of the podcasts the the name of the guest is usually the title of the show so if you have no particular interest in that you know interview you can just skip it Like, you're not going to miss. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to miss much. So um, so check it out. I mean, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, it's been a great sort of like, I don't know what to watch, so I'm just going to listen to two people talk. It's not like you're investing anything. There's no plot, you know? Like, so if you don't like it or if you pause the interview and never get back to it, eh, it's not like you're missing, you know, the end of something, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, you did it, Joel. I've hit weather, Borderlands, and now Smallville's come up. Spoiler, (laughs) it'll come up again. So I think you've you've fulfilled all the drinking quotient for my episode already. People are sloshed, so we can – we're good. <laughs> I mean, we're only like 20 minutes in. We hit all the finest points. I don't know – other than – and you brought up Avengers video games. So really and truly, Joel, you – I mean, this that's it. Bingo card. Filled. That sounds really cool, though. I love Rosenbaum. He always had a sense of humor that outside of Smallville was so weird to see. Because he has so much more energy than that subdued. And to, again, <laughs> to, to toot the small Marvel horn, like I really think he's the best Lex Luthor I've ever seen because he did such a good job of balancing this, like all these things under the surface. And that's another great like quality of somebody like a Chris Evans, where you see him in an interview and he looks like a dude Boston bro who's like cutting up with guys. And then he's Captain America and you watch Michael Rosenbaum in these group settings and you're like, he is like the nut job. And then he played the most like quiet, subdued, like villainous person on Smallville. It's so ridiculous. Tom Willing is far less verbose than even Clark was. And Clark was very non-verbose. So like Tom Welling <laughs> yeah. is like even more subdued than his character is. And Mike Rosenbaum is a billion times more animated. So like it's always cool to see some of those people. Um you know, especially when you liked them a lot. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's really cool. I'll have to check it inside, inside of you.
0: Yeah. Inside of you with Michael. Inside of you. Okay. I think that's the full title. He has his name in the podcast. Um, in the just, okay. just because inside of you, it's, it's a pretty basic title. And I think if you look yeah, at that, like health podcast. Yeah. Like if you, if you Googled that, you'd probably get a lot of different results, but, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the the YouTube channel and stuff will all be linked in our, in our show notes. So what have you been watching since the last time I've had you on the show?
1: Well, I keep really wanting to talk about this show, and I think I've tagged it in a couple times. I don't know if I've really stumped for it the way I have Gravity Falls in the past. But right now, um, you know, we, we had the nerd Mount Rushmore thing a while ago, and sort of more of the Mount Rushmore of animated cartoons... Specifically for, this is a very long title, Mount Rushmore, uh, animated cartoons specifically for like 11, you know, maybe like, I don't know, maybe like nine to 15 year olds. Really, it's for everybody. I mean, you know, the Harry Potter books start off for young children, but my parents all read them. So, like, it starts off at a certain age, but it, the Mount Rushmore of cartoons for supposedly the ages seven to 15 has gravity falls i'm staring at a a funko pop of dipper pines literally in front of my eyeballs um but i might have to get a funko pop for a character from owl house uh owl o w l in case my garbledness makes that hard to hear um it's a a a, you know a disney dx show so it's the same channel that puts out great quality and then cancels them uh like gravity falls and DuckTales, the new ducktails which is also great um but uh but owl house is really really cool it's um what's great about gravity falls was that it was it leaned really hard into the great sci-fi tropes with a little bit of fantasy um like the twin peaks of the world the outer limits the twilight zone uh eerie indiana if you're familiar with that show that sort of stuff Owl House feels like it just leans more into all the magical wonder wonderful things of like sci-fi and things without like just stealing a bunch. Like the whole premise is basically this girl uh Luz uh L U Z um uh basically goes into this magical world. Um and there is this um there's this witch who's known as the Owl Lady cuz she lives in this owl house. Um uh and uh basically she loses like grew up with these stories about this, you know, sorceress. So she loves the idea of magic fantasy. She was kind of an outsider in the real world. She goes to this world of nothing but crazy outsiders, found, finds the biggest outsider, of course, and the owl lady, Ida, and they become friends. And she becomes friends with her um pet sidekick, sort of king, the king of demons, quote unquote. And Hootie, which is the owl demon that possesses the owl house. Um, and King and Hootie are both voiced by Alex Hirsch, who did uh, Gravity Falls. So um, there's a lot of fingers in this that I, I find really interesting as far as the creative people. Dana Terrence, who created the show, um, if you follow her and, and, you know, she's just a really good creator. And and the show itself is just fascinating. Without spoiling things that happen in the story arcs, they go places with story arcs for a children's show that is better than when we were children and the biggest story arc was like, I want a bike. Am I going to get it? I'll work hard for it. I got a bike. And the lesson was work hard. Like, okay, right. cool. Like, I guess. What about a lesson about like your identity, your, you know, like your place and your and your social group, like how you identify your own, even like uh, romantic interest in these sort of things. And that's all stuff that's kind of explored in this. And they just had the second season's first half come to Disney plus. So the whole first season's out. It's like about 20 episodes. Second season. First half is roughly about 11. And they're about to, I think in March, Dana announced that they're going to drop the, they're going to start airing on Disney DX the second half of the second season. But we found out last year, I think it was last year, or maybe it was the end of 2020, but like Disney's already pretty much canceled it. They're going to finish the whole series with, I think three 44 minute episodes for quote unquote season three. So there will be a a conclusion to the whole thing. So if you're worried about a series, that's going to take, take on, you know, life forever. It's not. But there's a lot of depth to it. It's so interesting. The humor of it really as an adult catches me off guard. And I laugh more than I should. Like, And it's not like dirty joke. It's just like, it's just fun. It's just funny. It's just funny. And that's nice to watch a show where it's not like, you know, again, pulling me the curtain. We were talking about Vox Machina, all these like manipulated adult humor jokes that are just like, if it doesn't hit you, it's the clunkiest, grossest thing in the world. Whereas these like... You know, Owl House just has moments where it's like <laughs> that's just funny. That's kind of silly. It's funny. It caught me off guard because it was charming and how like effortless that kind of joke was. You know, and um, and the and you know the whole world opens up from season one to season two even more. Um, it's hard. There's a lot of specifics. This show moves, which is great. I love shows that aren't too static. If you picked up an episode of season two, you would be lost because you didn't watch all season one. So it is an important show to start from the very start and go all the way through. But like I said, it's not, you know, 500 seasons, you know, it's not even like original run of like Powerpuff Girls, which I keep looking at on Hulu being like, do I want to watch it? Well, there's a hundred of them. Um, But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really good. I really appreciate the animation, the storytelling, the world building, Uh, But most important, and I think this goes for all the cartoons on like my Mount Rushmore, like Gravity Falls, Owl House, Steven Universe, like the characters are so good that you would watch them in an episode where they don't really do anything because they're just really three dimensional and enjoyable. Now, there are some characters on Owl House that start off kind of one dimensional. And they're making some efforts in the second season to give some bigger, longer plots that are going to be unraveled for some of them, which is good. You know, if those characters you're already out on, okay, but it's not something that drags the show down because there's a lot of A and B and C plot going on for a kid's show that's under 30 minutes. So um, it's really good. I really, really enjoy it. Highly recommend it. Like if I had to sit down and force Joel to do anything and I've tried for years you know the he's tested the borderlands he's tested the avengers that's fine but if i had to force him and it sounds like other people would too to watch something it would be gravity falls it's done so it'd be easy but that next show i would be like whoa bud don't get out of the chair yet it'd be owl house because it's it's shorter it's great steven universe is longer it's awesome but it is more of a commitment even though the each episode is like 15 minutes so really like you can blow through a lot of it quickly but again it's a longer thing, so if you're talking about all this, I don't it's grabbing my attention, where am I going? like Owl House right now sub 40 episodes, and it won't ever top 50. Um I don't think. no, i I think the math, yeah, I would say the over under is definitely about 50 episodes, and I think it's definitely going to be under that. So it's really good. I really enjoy it. It's really, really cute. Um yeah, there's there's just a lot of little things I w- I want to like compliment it about, but they're actually kind of story points. Um but I will say as a world building thing, that's not really spoilery. Um the world she ends up on is the Burning Isles. And it's basically <laughs> it's basically the dead carcass of this giant magical giant. So there's like these giant rib bones that are like hovering over parts of the islands. And like they talk about getting like the giant's blood and stuff, and so basically this giant magical creature died, and from its decaying, it created life and all this magical life around it. And like we haven't really gotten so deep into figuring out what was the deal with the giant, but like yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, little touches and hints here and there, just about the world itself um are not heavy-handed and i think they're really engaging if you're into it if you're just in for the characters you don't have to worry about being bogged down with like some great greater awesome narrative like it's there but it's not you know like if you if you weren't into wheel of times like major narrative to me the characters weren't that interesting to keep you going um whereas i think the opposite is true of alhas where again like i could just watch these characters just have fun
0: so I've watched the trailer and I immediately know what you mean about offbeat or surprising humor but not like inappropriate it's not yeah you know you don't have to be an adult to laugh when she you know, uh, Luz walks up to a centaur and says like, Hey, this is so cool. And then instead of his head talking, his nipples are his eyeballs. <laughs> and then <it> just, my <laughs> eyes are down here. It's like, what? <laughs> like you, you just don't expect that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a throw. Exactly. It's like a simple two second gag. So I don't think I'm, I mean, it's in the trailer. I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but like, no, uh, no, that's yeah. that alone to me. Cause kind of like, okay, I know, I know what kind of show this is. And there's another point when in the trailer, She was cuddling the demon cat or the demon household something. It's a little black thing with a skull face.
1: Yeah. King. Yeah. He's the, he's like a, oh, demon cat thing.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And you've seen kind of stuff like this in other media. They've just kind of cartoonified it and cutified it and, and stuff. And she's like, aren't you the cutest? And he's saying something dry, like, no, I'm a demon. Like I'm terrible. And like, I am evil incarnate. Like he's kind of like going straight man with it. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of stuff is is always cool. I enjoy like the the mutterings of the straight character, like the, the, the straight and narrow character um, underneath the whimsical, you know, over the top kind of expressiveness of whoever else is in the scene with them. I've always found right. that kind of timing and stuff funny. Um, you are the second person to recommend this to me, by the way. Actually, Hannah, a friend of mine, just recommended this last night. So it's weird that you're talking about it on the show today. I had no idea that you were going to bring it up. She said, hey, by the way, you should check out the Owl House. I think between the animation and the theme, like at the fantasy kind of magical stuff, she didn't want to give too much away because I think she didn't want to spoil the surprises, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. So she, she recommended it. So, And I've got access to Disney Plus. Of course, that's where I watch all the Star Wars stuff. So um, I will have to check it out because uh, it's. Um, I do enjoy watching something animated or... Close to that kind of experience on Saturday morning, still like when I have pancakes and my brunch on Saturday before I get into yeah. into my stream on Saturday afternoon, which is Minecraft. I and what I usually do is I'll end up watching some of the Let's Plays of Minecraft on YouTube because it kind of gets me into the headspace. It might inspire whatever what I'm going to be doing that afternoon, um, but it's pretty cartoony. Like it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon, and for a long time, uh, that's kind of what my saturday mornings were when i was learning to play minecraft i was watching a lot of youtube about minecraft Uh, but one of my you know favorite servers that i watch uh with some of the content creators that i can handle because sometimes minecraft content creators are a little bit on the they aim their content a younger audience which you know demographically and and financially is the smart thing to do but as an adult sometimes it could be a little much to watch um but the ones that are kind of like a little bit more chill they're taking a break right now uh, because mm-hmm. they're in between what they call seasons, and and so there's not much on my playlist of like stuff I really want to watch. Uh, so having something like The Owl House to to check out on on Saturday mornings, or like the next time I feel like watching something animated, will be will be cool. The style, I'm surprised it looks the way that it does. Like because I saw some social media about this a while ago, at some point over the last year, I think it was maybe TikTok, but it was like basically people making reference to the Owl House or uh, fan art of the Owl House and stuff like that. And it was artists that were really in love with the show. So like animators that I follow online, people that were probably even involved in it, like someone might have been doing concept art or something for it and sharing it. And um, I I thought like, oh, wow, that's cool. I thought it was like a little bit more Harry Potter, like a little bit more serious. So I was expecting it to have a little bit more like a Avatar the Last Airbender look, but this has way more of a Gravity Falls. Um it looks a little bit like some of the poster art that I see on Netflix for things like Centaur World. Yeah. I know Centaur it World is has... aimed at a different audience entirely, but it, it has that that simple kind of like cartoon style. Like it's not Yeah proportioned people she, like her head is like you know huge compared to her torso
1: right right exactly yeah there's um i haven't really watched much of it but amphibia is another one that kind of is in this grouping of stuff um but yeah the art of them is very
0: i do start to find that the stuff starts to look the same like i'm looking at ducktales i'm looking at amphibia i'm looking at gravity falls and it's like there's not a there's subtle differences in the character designs but not a heck of a lot
1: right yeah i will say uh i do think gravity falls and the Owl House look a lot alike and maybe that's also why it's easier for me to palette now the world that they built and the, the characters in it obviously in the content's all very different but like yeah i will say that although um yeah i i think unfortunately right now with some cartoons across the spectrum you know it's like some of them when it works like everybody animates that way like the kind of way like when adventure time blew up everything looked like adventure time right with like it's just absolute bonkers like stoned out of your mind look um and there's some elements of that that are always going to like a big show is going to permeate the landscape in that way um and yeah but i think gravity falls steven universe l house all have these like big goofy um gosh i i for some reason i keep thinking beetle bailey from the old serial comics. It was like a, or Dagwood or like those characters where they have very rounded heads, like the top of their heads, like a, just a half dome. And then their cheeks bulb out in another dome and their eyes are perfect egg ovals. Like that sort of animation stuff um, really draws me in because I guess I've always, um, that's just what I've always sort of grown up with and that's pulled me out and, but yeah, it's, it's good. I think, um, I think what really works to the point of, uh, to probably some of the other artists who have enjoyed it and stuff like that is that it does do, it does a lot of fun whimsy and it does moments of like serious, but like it's not serious in a ridiculous way. It's like what happened was had a lot of whimsy to it, but the reason I wanted it was this actually deeply personal reason. So like, like really good Saturday morning cartoons we grew up with where the quote unquote message or the through line was like something based on reality or, you know, I don't want to fail. I you know, who am I? These like deep things that people of a young age are wrestling with, um, is now coded in this like wonderful, colorful whimsy that allows you to feel and think without, the burden of over analysis, really. Um, and of course, with any great show, if you're like me, I own books <laughs> from Gravity Falls and I'm like digging through for all these little things. Uh, so of course, when you love something like that, you could really throw yourself into it and find the minutia. But um, if you're just in it for the ride, that's what's great about these shows too is, is it doesn't, um, doesn't really put a lot of burden on you uh, the way, um, even like some animes I love where it's like, okay, I have to keep up with this. I have to keep up with these names. I have to keep up with this storyline. Whereas like, you know, it, it doesn't feel that way for me for owl house.
0: I'll put it on my, uh, my short list. I consumed all of season one of Reacher on prime video last week and over the weekend over the weekend it kind of built up the momentum and i ended up finishing and i thought i watched like two or three episodes on saturday and two on sunday but i started like once a night you know watching um there's like eight episodes i think in the full season um are you familiar at all with jack reacher as a character as a like a because it's a series of books
1: uh i knew it was a series of books but no all i know is that they had the tom cruise
0: yeah films yeah Yeah. i've seen the tom cruise film it was a while ago uh and i was surprised that they were bringing it to to prime i normally when you see tom cruise in something like that's a franchise that like is just going to be stuck with him (laughs) for the yeah you're just going to see more and more and more of them like the mission impossible films um but what i was surprised when i started looking into this um was that um jack reacher is a character that was created by Lee Child, which is the pen name for Jim Grant, a british author uh and there's something like twenty four novels, like it's Ugh. and they're all different titles and different adventures, but it all stars the same character. so it's like those crime you know detective novels where it's the same you know protagonist right. throughout each yeah. book um so the first season of of Reacher on Prime Video uh is based on the killing floor which is the first published novel of the jack reacher series but it it takes place like the fourth book in terms of the character's timeline uh but it's the first published book so they started with with that one um and uh since then i've actually watched an interview with alan richson who stars as reacher in the the title role uh on inside of you with michael rosenbaum which is kind of what sent me down that path (laughs) Um, yeah. because if anybody that's watched Smallville is looking at Alan Richardson, like, I know this guy from somewhere it's cause he played Aquaman in Smallville. Yep. Like he played, um, Arthur Curry, I think was the character's name. Mm-hmm. Arthur Curry. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, I know that's the character's name in the comics. but I was like, is that the name they gave him in Smallville? I couldn't remember.
1: Well, they call him First. AC because right you now we're yeah. cool high schoolers. high school <laughs> stuff.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, and, but I remember of course him being like playing this cocky, you know, Atlantean um, mm-hmm. stuff in, in Smallville uh, found out later through interviews that that was his first real gig on Smallville uh, mm. which makes sense because he's like he's 38 or 39 and so that was 20 years ago so he would have been just at high school you know yeah. uh, doing stuff um, and I've seen him in other things like I've seen him in Titans uh, while I didn't necessarily enjoy all of Titans uh, him right. playing Hawk uh, Hank Hall uh, part of Hawk and Dove again Hawk and Dove stupid concept as a superhero thing in general but but the way that he played hawk uh and the fact that like he's not a superhero he just beats people up like he's just a house (laughs) uh uh, of muscle and and beats the snot out of people and titans is a is a a graphic show like so it's it's very visceral like when he's and and he gets hurt too and i think that's one of the reasons why i liked hank hall in that show is that he gets injured a lot because he's, oh, yeah. he's in very dire situations up against things and people and enemies that have superpowers and so um he ends up getting beaten up as much as he beats other people up and stuff um, and they also they went a little bit adult with with him and titans because they go with like you know he's got substance abuse problems and all this kind of stuff but
1: well, yeah, he's on painkillers, so of yeah. course he gets addicted to them. So, yeah. yeah, that was a good. I mean, it was an interesting thing we don't see a lot. Yeah,
0: no, exactly. Uh, but anyway, back back to Reacher. Um, I really enjoyed Alan Richardson, and actually Willa Fitzgerald, uh, his co-star, uh, who plays Rocco, uh, Ros- Roscoe, Rosco, uh, in in the show. Um, he he does a really different take, more than I was ex- like different than I was expecting so to kind of set things up i'll read like the this summary um which is like just the kind of like the, the premise for the show so jack reacher gets off a greyhound bus in the fictional town of uh, margrave georgia because he remembers his brother mentioning that a blues musician named blind blake died there much to his surprise shortly after his arrival he's arrested in a local diner for murder he must try to prove his innocence so in in this particular situation like you get off to, like that's the first 5 minutes of the series of of him being arrested in this diner not even being able to eat a piece of his of his peach pie which well, ends up being kind of like a running gag throughout the <laughs> throughout the series and and I'll let people know I'm not going to spoil anything I won't talk about any plot points uh, cuz I enjoyed it as a whole at first I was like this is kind of campy but it's got an interesting premise and there's some good acting going on so i'll, I'll see where it goes um richson is pretty stoic in the role but that's reacher like um apparently and this is from interviews that i've seen with richson a lot of the dialogue or the, a lot of the premise from the book is like reacher said nothing and so you're just like you're stuck trying to act like you know how do i respond <laughs> you know in a, in a situation where like he's supposed to like part of his response is the fact that he's staring at you and saying nothing uh, sounds
1: like and, witcher
0: yeah you know what though it, it very much is and he has that kind of presence uh he doesn't growl yeah. or anything like that so that's good <laughs> that, he, yeah he, he cracks he cracks some jokes here and there he's very dry but he's very matter of fact like obviously he's like a, a decorated military character and he, like he's basically like imagine any 80s or 90s action films like demolition man commando yeah Uh, under siege like the fact that these guys are just too good to even exist like in terms of their skill level like this is like the the most elite of the elite uh he was like a former military police investigator like he just he has all these credentials um and he's six foot two and 235 pounds and just like he's a (laughs) monster he's a big man like that's actually richson's height and size too in this in this particular um show he did a lot of training to get up to that that weight and it works like there's there's just fun moments from like the trailer where like he removes like they're they're talking about like finally releasing him from prison. They realize that he's not the murderer that they're looking for. Um, And his attitude and his like kind of aloofness doesn't help his case. Right. Because he's kind of creepy, you know, and yeah. the people are just like, well, we don't believe you. And he's like, I'm only going to help you if you remove allow these zip ties to come off because the cuffs wouldn't fit him is basically the joke <laughs> and and they're like yeah all right fine get the box cutter he's like no no it's fine and he stands up and he just kind of flexes and breaks <laughs> the zip tie so basically yeah. saying like i was listening to you because i'm innocent and i don't want to cause a must but i basically could have gotten out of this at any point <laughs> you know and it's <laughs> yeah. the kind of move where what's missing and what I'm glad is missing is the Schwarzenegger one liners from the eighties are not in this, but there's that dry pause of like him just looking at you and the other character shaking their head and in their head, they're just thinking, Oh, Reacher. And then that's it. And they move on. So it's got those moments, but it's not like pun city or, or really kind of like obvious jokes and stuff like that. Um, It's, it's got, um, really, if I was to criticize it, I'd say it has some very obvious archetypes, like, you know, immediately who the rich smarmy kind of like kingpin is in this Southern town, right? Yeah. The sweet talking dressed in a suit with a walking stick, kind of like, you know, you know who the bad guys are immediately, uh, cause they're the ones that sound like politicians, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's really, it's really kind of easy to spot. Not that there aren't some twists. Uh, I also found, uh, the role of KJ, uh, played by Chris Webster. I mean, he did a good job for the role that was written for him, but he is just straight up creepy douchebag from moment one. Think Biff <laughs> from back to the future. Oh, like okay, just yeah. he, he has one note and it is, you want to punch me in the face. Like that's, that's every time he opens his mouth, you're just ready to just smoke the guy. Uh, And Reacher is too, by the way. Um, And that ends up being, you know, like a a through point for the, for the series as well. Um, But I, I, I found that those moments didn't really get redeemed. Like, I feel like they did such a good job of bringing Reacher up as a force to be reckoned with that they didn't really give him enough cerebral bad guys. They send him up against like a bunch of like, you know, Colombian, you know, I don't know whether they're drug Lords or like they're ex-military and they're in this small town and they're murdering people and doing terrible things. And he's up against like, so his military training and his, like, there are no rules that apply to me sort of like tactics in a police investigation come to his strength and why he doesn't die because he can do all this kind of stuff. Um, and that's viable but then he's much smarter uh than the the actual bad guys in the show and i feel like they could have done with a much a much more intimidating um antagonist yeah like the, the they needed a, a little bit of a beefier villain um i i will say uh and i hope this doesn't ruin it for people but i really did not en- enjoy Oscar Finley, who is, um, the chief of police or the chief investigator, um, played by Malcolm Goodwin. Um, I don't know whether it was direction writing. I know they had to stay true to the books. There's a lot of people that, um, fans that weren't happy with the Tom Cruise movie. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so they wanted to stay really true to the books and you can feel that the books were written a long time ago. Uh, killing floor came out in 1997. And so it feels like 1997 with some of the situations in the dialogue, but then they've updated it for like, they've got cell phones and, you know, internet searches and satellite not and like they've got all the kind of future tech, but they don't, Yeah, you know, the, the, the way that characters are written and interact feel sort of stereotypical of eighties and nineties action films. And Finley feels like a caricature. And I like, again, I don't want to insult anybody, but I feel like, Finley, the character as you see it in Reacher would have been perfect for a Harvard grad detective on a show like How I Met Your Mother or Friends or maybe not a comedy, but like television, like drama character characterization, a caricature uh, does not work in an eight episode single plot kind of like series that's got some real stakes like People are dying, people that you don't expect to die are dying. (laughs) You know, it, it, you, you, I mean, you kind of know that because there's 24 books that Jack Reacher is not going to die, but like, you don't know who these people around him and some of whom you care about, like Willa Fitzgerald does a fantastic job with Roscoe. Uh, yeah, she's, she's not a damsel in distress, uh, can hold her own, doesn't need Reacher to protect her, but is thankful when he's around (laughs) because she's yeah. up against some serious stuff with like these, you know, uh, vi- uh, I can't remember who they are. There's some South American bad guys that are not something that, you know, the four cops on this Georgetown police force can handle. They need yeah. like a reacher and someone that's not out like that is outside the law to kind of help with that. Um, and you do get a lot of those cool vibes when like, There together, there's like that lethal weapon, kind of like she jokes with him about being so freaking weird. But then she also, (laughs) you know, likes him because he's nice to her. And, uh, he's honest, like he's honest to the point where he blurts stuff out socially. I feel like Richardson almost played him a little bit on the autism spectrum. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that because he's just so highly intelligent and so socially removed because of his military training and his experience he just he has that kind of like you know like someone says like you know whatever Mm -hmm. you do could you just not kill anybody try not to be arrested and thrown in jail today and he'll just be like no and walk away like he just straight up (laughs) yeah i know i'm not making a promise that i can't keep so i'm just going to answer you straight you know yeah Or he's looking at police officers and she's like, look, I'm going to go kill these guys. And so you need to go this and this so that more people don't die. And they're sitting there going like, he just told us that he's going to go kill people. Like normally we would have to like arrest him, but we know we can't because like he would just get away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's a bit of a like MacGyver stuff going on there, but I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I've recommended it to my buddy, Chad. I think you would enjoy it. It's, it's obviously very graphic and like, there's, you know, some high stakes. So it's, it's not a show you want to have on when there's small people around. Um, they don't go over the top with the swearing. There's some, but it's not like it's, it's not unintelligent people swear when they're being shot at, which makes sense. Like stuff like that, uh, which I thought was, was cool. But like, I, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised. I went into it thinking like, uh, is this going to be like just another crime procedural and it's not they they really they've taken it somewhere as different um it's very physical you, you kind of roll your eyes sometimes at the weird situations where Reacher is like cornered by a bad guy and he has to kill them with their own shoe or something, but it's just. <laughs> At the same time, you're just kind of like, well, I mean, like, he's gonna, he's gonna use what he's got. Like, if it means smashing your head through the wall, then that's what's gonna happen. You know, like, it just, I, I, what I find so interesting is that you'd be watching a fight scene, the other guy's got a knife and Reacher, like, takes his belt off and uses the belt as like a, you know, defensive weapon. And right. then, but then there's a twist in like the scene and he ends up killing them with like the telephone or, you know, or yeah. just something random that you just did not expect. Uh, and, and that is, um, it's weird. It almost makes me like in a certain way, it makes me feel like a little targeted as like a 40 year old male viewer. Like this is what you want. You want guns and fist fights and, you know, and, and one liners <laughs> and like, we know what you want. Um, But I'm sitting there going like, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> like, I, 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 you know, it's 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 uh, it's worth checking out. And I, I, if you don't like the first two episodes, you won't, you probably won't like the rest. But I will say that it, it does not remain as predictable as you think, which I think is is good. It speaks to its its strength in that in that light.
1: It based based enough. I I will say that the new trend of i mean going back to like true blood they did this but like when they would take a season from a book or take a book and break it down into a season of long running books like that it, i always found that a little bit better because then the through line for the season was well tested well trot you know laid out and if they need to they can borrow some content from a long running series or or do what they have to do um so I as i thought i always think that that's nice because and again Either the series is done or they're so far in the future that, you know, they're not like begging George R. R. Martin to like figure something out so that they'll have a season, you know, nine or something. Like if there's that many books, you know, some of these like Wheel of Time, Reacher, you know, Jack Ryan, you know, some of these things where it's like, oh, yeah, that person wrote at least 10. So 10 seasons of a TV show even streaming as long so if they get there, great. But if not, hey, good news. We can pick and choose the ones we want. Like, you know, that's good.
0: I hope they do that. Like, I hope they choose the books that would make the best adaptations, you know, right. and, and yeah. not just go chronologically. I mean, for example, they didn't start at the beginning. They didn't start with the first story that that child wrote for Reacher. It's the first published book, but similar to Star Wars, like episode four was the one that got made into a movie right? Not episode one. And so I feel like, um, they've started with a strong, strong vibe. And again, like there's a certain comfort to stranger walks into Southern town. No one likes him. Everybody's got their eyebrow cocked when he walks by. Cause again, like he's a wall of muscle. So like, you can't miss this dude. Um, it has that kind of like fish out of water Schwarzenegger vibe in all of his Mm -hmm. films. Uh, when he walks into a a room, everybody kind of goes, good Lord, you know, <laughs> like that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. And, and I feel like it's, it's got that kind of vibe, but then it also has that familiarity of, of those kind of films, whether or not they're action films or not. Like, I mean, you know, the notebook, you know, a uh, city girl goes to Southern town for the summer, like just that kind of fish out of water right. story where yeah. you just, you really feel the hostility of the one of the main characters being an outsider in that environment. And a lot of people can identify with that. So when you get down to the brass tacks of it, like there are some just social, um, we'll say not memes, but like social situations that a lot of people can identify with, despite the fact that you're not like a trained military killer, you know, like on a personal level, you know, uh, they did a good job with, um, with Roscoe's like ties to the community. Like she's you're like, once you realize that she's as intelligent as she is and as well-trained as she is, you're like, why the hell are you in this town? And she later on you. And again, they don't give you this in a monologue. They give it to you over time in the series, which is great. And, and you realize that she's got family ties, like her family has been around as long as the town has. And that's why she hasn't left is because she feels like there's hope for this town. And she, as a police officer is hoping that she can affect change for good. Right. Mm Um, Right. Yeah. Cause there's moments when she as a, as a police officer is just like, she can be on a first name basis when she's like arresting someone. She's like, you know, God damn it, Jimmy, could you just, you know, like, give me a break, you know, listen to me for once. You know, it's that kind of a stuff she knows everybody. So that kind of stuff is it, it makes the series feel familiar, even though it's brand new to you, which I, I think is, is good moving on into the internet minute which is of course brought to you by you the citadel cafe is 100 listener supported if you've been getting value out of the show please consider putting a little bit of value back in you can become a member at patreon.com slash the citadel cafe joining at any level will get you an invite to the member only discord server as well as access to other benefits including website credit thanks and bonus episodes all depending on what level you choose to support at patron count is at 25 i checked that this morning that is steady on from last week if you'd like to be pager number 26 visit patreon.com slash the citadel cafe i'll keep these short and sweet uh more lego uh lego is just knocking it out of the park these days uh with new stuff the mandalorians n1 starfighter set 75325 is available for pre-order it's not out yet but you can pre-order it it is 80 dollars canadian 412 pieces which is surprisingly low on the on the play count um, but it is a large ship. It's 16 and a half inches long, 11 and a half inches wide, and about two and a half inches tall. That's pretty standard for ships. They're not very tall, they're usually like wide and flat. Uh, right, the yeah. minifigs that come along with it are Dinjarin with the Darksaber, Grogu, Piliamato, and the BD Droid all come along with the set. Looks pretty cool. Uh, doesn't look like a lot has changed since the most recent rendition of the N1 Naboo Starfighter. They've just kind of changed some of the colors, some of the plating. Uh, I wish they had a little bit more color in the design in general, not just not faulting Lego, but I think the show could have used a little bit of a splash of color on the ship has a little bit of dinged paint, but you have more detail in the show because like the engine is more detailed. There's more kind of like parts I think happening. Um, I recently built a Lego Y wing, which is a minifig scale model. And there's a lot of detail in that, that I thought was really cool. And that looks like it might be a little bit. Missing from this particular Lego model, so I don't know whether they just maybe rush this out a bit, but I mean, it looks cool. I don't know if it's up there with the eighty dollar price tag, but you know we'll see uh the yeah so. the other two are quick hits uh we've got brickheads buzz lightyear set forty five to two and the Demogorgon and 11 from uh, Stranger Things, which is set 40549. <laughs> and I mean, Buzz Lightyear looks like Buzz Lightyear. It's a BrickHeads thing. It's not, it's just fun. You know, it's 114 pieces. Uh, all all of the um, BrickHeads stand about three and a half inches tall. Uh, but the Demogorgon, yeah. yeah, the Demogorgon and 11, uh, it's a little bit more expensive. <laughs> um, Buzz Lightyear is, is 13 Canadian. Um, the Demogorgon and 11 is 25 Canadian, and it's a, almost 200 pieces but the face pedals on the Demogorgon (laughs) are particularly funny uh, because the, the heads all kind of stand very stiff. Like their arms are usually like directly down by their sides. And Mm -hmm. then the Demogorgon has these like giant face pedal things on, on Lego hinges. And it just, it's very specific. (laughs) Uh, And the teeth are like repurposed horns from like Ninjago sets and stuff. Like it just, it's very whimsical of a thing that's not whimsical at all
1: <laughs> it is yeah i love that stuff yeah
0: so yeah I, th- I thought that that was uh worth worth mentioning so these are all fun lego picks that you can check out uh i think really the one that stands out to me is the the n1 starfighter it's it's cool to, to see that in lego sets that wraps up this episode of The Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that Brockett and I talked about at thesizzlecafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod, and you can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com. Find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, even YouTube. Word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. Just tell a friend about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. While you're out there, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Uh, that kind of stuff just goes a long way to get the podcast into the earholes of new listeners. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can check out my other podcast all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. This coming Monday, we are going to be interviewing Slice Lime, who is the tech lead at Mojang on Minecraft. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You can, of course, follow me on social media at joelduggan and twitch.tv slash joelduggan, where I've been playing Minecraft every weekend. Come on by. Brockett, where can people find you online?
1: You can find me at the Volver on
0: all the social media that matters. Meow, meow, meow. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two.